I, I think the poet or the filmmaker or the musician, the poet must not avert his eyes. You must not avert your eyes. This is what is coming at us. One Good Thing, the podcast that tries to find the soul in Wes Bentley. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And this week we will be discussing Mark Stephen Johnson's 2007 superhero western horror metal band album cover. Uh, starring Nicolas Cage. I want to take his face off. Yep, starring Nicolas Cage. You better pull the trigger now, Sean, because I don't give a fuck! I guess I should explain. Um, yeah. my my co-host is quite a big fan of um <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Yeah. He's um he's very fond of him, but um, you know, some people aren't so fond. So I suggest that we cut the chit chat a hole. I could eat a peach for hours. I'll kill all of you to the break of dawn. <laughs> to the break of dawn, baby. Whoa, whoa, hey. <laughs> so <he's>, uh, <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. The other way is that you get to keep seventy percent. And not go to prison for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'd take pleasure in gutting you, boy. You turn me on, brum. You turn me on, brum. You're not too tall. You're not too short. You're not too round. Ha! How to get burned? How to get burned? <laughs> Step away from the bike. Put the bunny back in the box. It's scraping at the door. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? This here's a snakeskin jacket, and for me. It's a symbol of my individuality and my belief in personal freedom. Die! Take cover, child! Oh, yeah, you're gonna do-wish it! Oh, bravo. Bra-fucking-vo. Oh, God, this is excellent. Bravo. Ready, ready, ready for, for the, the big, big ride, ride baby! baby. And Ava Mendes. Ghost Rider was recommended by a friend of mine called Jack Langton, who is such a good friend that he leapt at the chance to recommend us one of Nicolas Cage's dullest films. <laughs> Jack lives in Tokyo, where he works as a man. Two eyes, two ears, several fingers. Jack has it all. Wow. He has many wives, but he's looking for his true love. If you're interested, DM me and we'll sort something out. Yes, thanks very much to that man. Yeah, this was not a very well-received uh, Nicolas Cage film. Um, Owen Gleiberman over at Entertainment Weekly said, So much flatter than it was on the comic book page. Ha ha ha. Meanwhile, Scott Hoover over at Hollywood.com said, This is the worst adaptation of a comic Marvel comic book hero yet. This movie came out in 2007, and that review was from 2007. Mm. I want to reach into the past, because this is a year before Iron Man. Mm. I just want to like stroke his face gently and just say it's okay, just just wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be okay. It's but also okay. four years after Daredevil, yes. So, <laughs> oh now I don't know. That's something for us to get into later. Is this worse than Daredevil? <laughs> Stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned for that thrilling conflict: Daredevil <laughs> versus Ghost Rider. Meanwhile, Mister Flaps over at Amazon. I, I always look forward to what he has to say. <laughs> I know, I, I read his reviews avidly. Go, Sir Flaps. Um, first off, superhero and comic book movies are generally very good. We, can all, off, we can all agree to that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, Nicolas Cage tends to be very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tends to, I suppose. So this should be excellent, right? <laughs> Wrong. How oh, did these elements come together and make a stinker, really? Well, I was hoping you being the learned man, Mr. Flaps, <laughs> Sir Flaps, Lord Flaps, that Lord you'd Flaps uh, of Amazon. elaborate. <laughs> oh, he does, and you can read his whole review on Amazon. Ooh, good. Ooh. Senator Flaps. <laughs> the Reverend. Squadron Leader. <laughs> right Honourable Flaps. Paul, you bonehead. Hello. Hello. What was one good thing about Ghost Rider? Well, we have a new One Good Things Good Exposition guy. Oh, yes. We do, in the form of uh, Samuel Elliott. Yep. Esquire. The, the title formerly held by... Reggie Cathy. Reggie Cathy, of yeah, course. Yeah, Fanforstick. From Fanforstick. Yes. Um, and uh, before that, by Sean Bean. Yes. From um, Jupiter Ascending, we've now found a new reigning champion, which is, uh, yeah, Sam Elliott, who you may recognise as the voice of The Stranger. Mm-hmm. From the Big Lebowski, General Ross from uh, Hulk, yeah, Lee's Hulk, the best Hulk, the best Hulk, um, by far, and now, yeah, Ghost Rider. It's said that the West was built on legends, tall tales that help us make sense of things too great or too terrifying to believe. This is the legend of the Ghost Rider mm-hmm. because it's trying to be a western, right? I mean, it, yeah, it's there's a lot set in a desert. Yep, the um, desert around the American city of Melbourne. 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 Um, there is a lot of the uh, dangly dang guitar that you get with westerns. That was pretty sick. That was pretty sick. Yeah, it was a sample that shit. Pretty sweet riffs. Someone, someone, come sample this. So this is a film where the western and evil Knievel and gothic horror and thunderpants. <laughs> and Thunderpants, all with a metal aesthetic, joined together with Wes Bentley. Kaboom. Um, boom. What the hell happens in this movie? <laughs> and what the hell happened to this movie? Well, we start with uh, One Good Thing's Good Exposition Guy's yeah. Exposition. Um, it's another voiceover. Um, it's a common feature mm. of um, One Good Thing's films, I think. Yes. Is, the, is the opening know. voiceover. Yes. Um. It has the gravitas of Sam Elliott behind it, but it is, of course, a voiceover in which nothing interesting or helpful is said. Absolutely. Um, we it, then cut to... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we, then, we then cut to um, present day in the past, yes. Nicolas Cage Jr. Present day minus... How much time are they supposing passes between this fresh-faced young no. boy and becoming Nicolas Cage? <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's about three years. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's about ten... 15 yeah, years? I think, I think 10 years is said some, at some point. Something like that. I'm going to go for 12. Yeah. Maybe which, 13. Which, which puts is like Nicolas a... Cage in his late 20s. Yes. During this film. Um, so we start off with young Nicolas Cage and young Ava, Ava Mendez. Uh-huh. He's with his young dad, young yeah. Chris Cooper dad. Yes. Um, who one day grows into Chris Cooper. But unfortunately dies before he has a chance to become yes. Chris Cooper. Spoiler alert, guys. Yeah. Um, the young Chris Cooper dad really is excellently cast because he does look a lot like Chris Cooper. Yeah. Young Ava Mendez... Looks a lot like Ava Mendez. Yes. And then we have... Uh, <laughs> young uh, Tom Cruise filling young in. Young Rob Lowe, um, <laughs> who is a motorcycle stunt guy. Yeah, he's an evil Knievel. He's an evil Knievel. And uh, 
young Nick Cage does these tricks with his dad, young Chris yep. Cooper. Sweet tricks and flips. Yeah, there's lots of sweet sweet tricks and some disgusting flips. Oh, I think is what the kids say nowadays, isn't it? They're like, yeah, like for good. Oh, mate, that is disgusting. That is disgusting. Yeah, don't even don't even vex me, <laughs> childs. He has got some revolting <laughs> smack on him. <laughs> that is a livid stunt. That was a frightful stunt, my friend. <laughs> So, so they're, they're, they're doing this. They're pretty good at it. Yeah. And, well, he, he's, he's a dreamer. He's in love with Ava Mendes' character. And the dad's like, oh, I don't like this very much. Turns out <laughs> that he has cancer, which is probably why he was being so, like, oh, so down grouchy. on He has down the grouchy dumps. cancer. Um, so, he, yeah, he has, he has cancer. Um, obviously, young Nick Cage is very upset. The devil appears. Yes. <laughs> um, the devil just wanders in and says, hi there. Would you like to <laughs> sell your soul? I will cure your dad's cancer. And young Nick Cage goes, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure, sounds good to me. He gets I up. Mean, you've in no way demonstrated that you have magical abilities whatsoever, no. but I'll sign that contract of yours in blood. It is like you've just offered to to, to sell him a, ba- a bag of apples yeah. from the Apple Man. <laughs> and he's gone, yeah, sure, I could go for some apples. He's yeah. like, I could go for some soul selling. Yeah, and, and that's, so- that's how they get you, because yeah. then, you know, just apples in the post every month. Well, I mean, coming out of your account, and you could have just bought the apples. You know, it's just you don't want to eat all these apples. You you have time. Cut out the middleman. You don't need. (laughs) You don't need an apple man. You can go and get the apples yourself, guys. You can take that from us. That's a one good thing guarantee. (laughs) So he sells his soul. The next day, his dad dies. Yeah, Um, he's 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 like, I I had cancer, but I don't anymore. I'm cured, and he does a small dance, and then falls off a cliff. Yeah. Um, no, he dies immediately in a, a rather well-filmed stunt mishap. Uh-huh. He sort of f- clumsily falls off the ramp, and now the young dad is dead. Yes. Um, young Eva Mendes wanted to run away with young Nick Cage, and she's waiting underneath the tree that they always met under and carved their names into. Mm-hmm. Uh, young Nick Cage um, is told by the young devil that he must now serve him. Um, and that he should try and cut all ties to all of the family members because the director saw that in Spider-Man and quite liked it. Yes, and um, Young Devil, who is of course played by Young Peter Fonda. Yes, who is also Peter Fonda. Yeah. Um, he 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 points out that oh, he's such a scamp that I I I told I said I'd cure your father's cancer. <laughs> I didn't say anything about not killing him later. <laughs> See, and 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 that's what he does. Yeah, he kills. So him later. it's like, oh. The devil tricked me. Oh. And it's not even like a clever trick because it's the monkey's paw situation. It's, you know, mm. oh, I wish for a million pounds. Oh, I'm afraid your both of your parents have died. The insurance is going to be a million pound payoff to you. Not like this! <laughs> ah! Like, that's, it, it's like a devilish trick, but here it's like, I wish my dad was healthy. Okay, he's healthy. Oh, he got hit by a bus! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did it again. I'm the devil, and I did it again. <laughs> and yeah, yeah it's really so lame. so young Nick Cage is very surprised that the devil would um, do him like this. Yeah, Done so dirty. So he so he runs off. He he pauses by the tree on his on his on his hog <laughs> just to look Ava Mendez, young Ava Mendez, in, in her young eyes. Yeah, um, and then just thoroughly broke her heart by driving off with no explanation whatsoever. He, yes, which is which is what the bad boys do. Oh, he's such a bad boy. No he wonder could... she keeps going back to him again yeah. and again and again. And again. And again. And again. Oh, and again. another time. Oh, okay. I didn't realise it was like five times. And again. A sixth time. Six times. Six times. Come on. So he, 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 go, he goes off. Yes. And then eight years later, he's 50-year-old Nick Cage. <laughs> eight years, nine months. Yeah. 
Um, and he's turned and, into Nicolas Cage. And it, it turns into Nick Cage just before another one of his horrific stunts. Horrifying. I mean, horrific in the, uh, in the youth sense. Oh, okay. But it is also horrific in the, um, Paul's sense in as much as he crashes his bike, mm-hmm. smashes his fucking head against the front tire mm. of the bike, um, and emerges fine. Yeah, it's a good shot. It's an intense injury shot. It's really um, quite something. Yeah, and I I wasn't too pleased at having to watch it a couple of times later in the <laughs> film, um, which is te- a compliment, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it really made us uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, ouch! Yeah, so he, he, he suffers what would be a mortal injury. Yeah, fatal. And he is fine. He He's gets fine. up. Everyone, everyone is like, yeah, and the crowd's like, yeah, look at my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a lot of busty members of the audience, I yeah. noticed, and there's some rather exploitative shots of Ava Mendez later on, which leads me to believe that, um. No, in it, in an action <laughs> slash comic. Yeah, uh, I know. Fantasy you film? You wouldn't afford it, but apparently, uh, women aren't treated terribly well in this film. I don't believe it for a second. I know, it's, it's outrageous. I don't expect this from the director of Daredevil. Anyway, um. <laughs> After pointing... I don't expect much from the director of Daredevil. <laughs> After pointing at a few more people, Nicolas Cage is um, told that he must abandon his life. Well, he reunites with Ava Mendez. They have yeah. a bit of a meet-cute. Um, and it's like, oh, hey, you, you brought my heart 20 years ago. And now she's putting in the work to meet him. Yeah. She puts into the effort of coming to interview him. He blows her out. Yeah. Um, he asks her on a date by putting his life and the life of herself, her colleague, and several road users in danger. Which is romantic. The notebook yeah. told us these things. And then, yeah, they go to, uh, they make a dinner date. Unfortunately, old Peter Fonda comes to old Nicholas Cage and tells him that his son, Blackheart, he's turned out to be a bit of a spanner. So he is going around killing bars full of people. Like a numpty would. Like a numpty. Like a right frogger. Yeah. Um, he goes poking people until their souls burn out, basically. Yeah, he, he pokes you in the chest very threateningly and it's all over yeah um whilst having ridiculous sideburns mm-hmm. so now he needs his ghost rider mm-hmm. um which is a special human being imbued with the powers of the underworld yeah um <laughs> by the way <laughs> about 45 minutes in we should probably explain <laughs> explain that premise um he needs to become the ghost rider an uncontrollable sort of um punisher of sin mm-hmm to uh, collect the souls of um, Wes Bentley and his crew, his solid crew. Um, Are they so solid? They're not so solid. They're, I mean, one of them's liquid. Semi-solid, yeah. One of them's just air. <laughs> a translucent crew. Yeah, they have a, a wind man, uh, uh, like a rock man, and a uh, wet man. Yeah, it's like Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> there, wasn't a, there was a girl the whole time, but she was invisible, so you just didn't see her. Actually, they were um, they were kind of phoning it in because they were uh, going to rush off set after that and go and rob a house at Christmas time, <laughs> defended <laughs> by uh, defended by a precocious boy genius. Brilliant, um, but not that one. Oh, oh. fuck! It was Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you guys give up? Or you're thirsty <laughs> for more. <laughs> oh, Don't have anything to do with you. Or your house. <laughs> It's not even a house. <laughs> that was the only trap Kevin McAllister needed is just put Nicolas Cage in the house and no one's breaking in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what happens next? They, uh, he got, he rides into the night in a badass action sequence where, um, uh, he kills a guy and he rescues a young rebel Wilson in, mm. uh, an early cameo, um, from a mugger, I guess the guy is. Yeah. Um, but he misses his date with Eva Mendes. Oh. <sighs> 
He's always doing that. He's always doing that, but luckily she's absolutely emotionally dependent on this guy who blew her off ten years ago. Yeah. So she will keep coming back again and again and yeah. again. She pretends she she is momentarily angry, but she can't stay mad at Nick Cage. No, because she has no character or will of her own, so no. she's somewhat dependent on him to justify her existence. Mm. Which, to be fair to Eva Mendes, she really does fight against the lack of character in her character. By being charming. By being charming. And the director tried to edit it out. <laughs> Just cut around her being, like, likeable, if you can. <laughs> it's amazing how little happens in the mm. last two-thirds of the movie. A lot of time setting up. Mm-hmm. After his first bender, he wakes up Incredible Hulk style um, in Sam Elliott's garden? Graveyard. Yeah, his, in, his garden in, in his is a graveyard. graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes into the movie. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, there's another, there was another ghost rider. <laughs> there was. Imagine Sometimes that. there's a ghost rider. Yeah. And he, te- he tells him about um, a whole bunch of stuff. There was a really powerful contract that controlled like a, a thousand evil souls, and that Carver knew the devil couldn't get this contract because it would be too powerful. And so he did something that the Ghost Riders had never done before. He defied the devil, and then he rode off with the contract worth all the, all of the dead souls. Oh. I have no idea what that means. Okay, I don't know how these contracts work. Yeah, um, like how is it worth a thousand dead souls? What does that mean? What does he do with these souls? Mm. Is the devil a good guy? Because he's kind of implied early on to be like the necessary Krampus-style character who's there to punish the wicked, to protect yeah. the good. But then he can't have too much power or it'll be bad. Hell on earth. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to try and get to the bottom of um, where, where they are on the uh, morality <laughs> spectrum. Well, basically, luckily, we have about 20 minutes worth of explaining to describe all the awesome things that Ghost Rider can do so that we can have one scene at the end where he kind of uses his powers a bit. Yeah. Um, he goes to confront Wes Bentley. He takes out the rest of his crew, confronts him in a church. Um, there's some contrivances around him having his powers and then not having his powers. And mm-hmm. Wes Bentley has a thousand souls go inside of him and he becomes yeah. all evil, but then he just gets shot in the face. And he's he's too evil. Yeah, he's at that too point. evil. Uh, yeah. Well, that's it. He, well, yeah. Uh, he dies. The devil shows up and is like, um, well, I'm going to free you of your contract. And um, Nicolas Cage says, <laughs> he goes, Airbag! <laughs> and, um. Oh, Jesus. He says, no thanks. I was having a Nicolas Cage moment and you. Shit all over it. it. You shat inside of it. I just. I pissed all over it. With your poor blart. Yeah. Fuck. I've eaten a lot of asparagus. <laughs> and you just blart out mm. when that happens. Um, so That's he- the noise that the, the Wii made when it came out of me. <laughs> blart! <laughs> Um, yeah, so Nicolas Cage refuses the offer to be freed of his curse. Yeah. Yeah, so because... that he can. Yeah, because. <laughs> Because this is the second chance he was waiting for. Yeah, because having... he really fucking hates Eva Mendes. He can't stand to be around <laughs> Eva Mendes so much. He's so clingy. He'd, he'd rather be locked into an eternal battle with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> but why can't he date Eva Mendes on the side? Like, okay, so he's got to go, like, be um, Ghost Rider a lot. Why can't he just swing back into town, like, on the weekends and stuff? He can make this long-distance relationship work. Did you not work. listen to a single word Sam Elliott told you? Oh, for fuck's sake. fucking moron. <laughs> he says you can't have anyone that you care about close by, just like Spider-Man, because <laughs> they will... Because drama. Yeah, because they will use them. They will use the people you love to get back at you. Oh. And this is the devil. He's not He's not going to go after his dog. <laughs> he's going to go after everyone that means anything to him. And that's yeah. only Eva Mendes inexplicably. Well, unfortunately, Eva Mendes, just like um, Mary Jane in uh, the Spider-Man movies, is completely helpless. Yes. Uh, can only be defended by her man. 
yeah. that would get tiring, right? If you had to keep showing up to rescue her like um, Spider-Man does. Ex- yeah, exactly. I mean, it- that's that's the true peril of being a superhero in the noughties, mm-hmm. is that if you dated any woman... Um, she would inevitably um, end up having to be rescued all the time. That's why you really want to be a superhero in the 2010s, yeah. where if you date any woman, she will probably turn out to be a secret CIA badass who can defend herself. Yes, which is much easier. Much on, easier. It's much easier on, on their muscles. <laughs> There's a lot more time for sex in. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's... I mean, there's Halle Berry's Catwoman, where she um, fought an evil makeup conglomerate. It's depressing issues, Paul. <laughs> hey, if she's not going to do it... Who will? A man? <laughs> no if way. Batman cares about makeup that hurts women's faces. They've got, like, genuine international intrigue to be dealing with. Yeah. But poison makeup? That sounds like a job for you, love. <laughs> pat, pat, pat. Oh, mercy. Sorry. Oh, out of mercy. I mean, like, who, who choreographed the action in this? Oh, Christ. Uh, was um, there a single... I can't remember a single, like, punch being thrown. It feels like it was just <laughs> improvised. Well, they're... They, they, they were, but it was always like the least inspired camera angle, yeah. or it was done in a way that it not only didn't show the impact, but it, it took all implication of impact out of it. Yeah. And everything was so sluggish, like they were fighting underwater. Yeah. And yes, it was awkwardly and, paced. And it, um, I said, I said this earlier, and it, I know you didn't necessarily agree with me, mm. but it felt like this guy was looking to f- make a film about a relationship between Eva Mendes <laughs> and, and Nicolas Cage. Mm. If you want to see a good Eva Cage relationship, then watch Bad Lieutenant. Absolutely. Um, but when it came yeah. to the action shots, it was like, oh, God, just... Timmy, Timmy, come here. What? What is it? Oh, Timmy, my dear boy, you take over. <laughs> Hold it, and then he'd just, like, hang on to the camera because he's <laughs> he too, he's too short. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's fine, except I... It, the the dialogue felt as perfunctory. There was some really yeah. terrible dialogue in this where people are just exchanging cliches to each mm. other. Um and yeah, the, the the love scene felt lame because even Mendez's character, in spite of her charms, was so underwritten. Yeah. <laughs> so just Ugh. And I mean when it when um when they meet up after after their six years apart growing up into the adults that they <laughs> became small, small. <laughs> <laughs> Um they're, they're, they're summer apart. <laughs> um, the 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 reunion chat that they have yeah. is 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 just Nicolas Cage on Thorazine yeah just with Eva Mendes asking him questions and him just going oh oh well oh you look you oh, look pretty yeah and it's like oh can you I, I'm doing my job yeah <laughs> I have a job um can you tell us anything about what it's like to be a daredevil uh, I'm I'm sorry I didn't return your calls yeah I, I don't seem to know where I put my phone. Um, mommy. (laughs) But let's talk about Nicolas Cage for a bit. Yeah, please. This was a very low energy Nicolas Cage. It was a very low energy. It was a sleepy Nicolas Cage. It was a sleepy Cage. I'm speaking to the fire element within me. Give me control over the possessing spirit. Which he played to his advantage once or twice. There are a couple of excellent reaction shots of his, which (laughs) um, hinged on his ability to be sleepy. It's hinged on his eyebrow. Yeah. His first confession scene um, was great. To Eva Mendez, where he says something to the effect of, um, I sold my soul to the devil. And then it like focuses on him just for a minute and he raises an eyebrow. And it's like, he knew what this was. He knew what that line was. Yeah. Uh, In the same way he knew how cheesy like um, some of his bits in Kick-Ass were. Yeah. Um, He knows what he's doing. With Nicolas Cage, you either get everything or you get nothing. (laughs) Either you get what this movie is going to be remembered for in 10 years time. (laughs) If you don't want your movie to be about Nicolas Cage, (laughs) don't hire Nicolas Cage is the idea. Because you have it on both sides. You have The Wicker Man. 
Um, sure. Uh, which is obviously the bad. Oh, okay, right. The, the, the bad side of the extreme. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's the redeeming feature of The Wicker Man, to be honest. There's no other reason to watch it. And if well, it hadn't been Nicolas Cage, it would have been a thoroughly tired remake of a classic British film. True, but uh, <laughs> yeah, nobody's even pretending that it's a good performance from Nicolas no. Cage. It's just an energetic one. And then on the other side, you have Face Off. Yeah. Or you have Adaptation or something like that, where he's still, even though it's a very, mm. um, it's a much more sort of nuanced performance... Uh, it's, it is a nuanced performance, whereas yeah. Face Off is not. It's still putting everything into it. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's all there. Indescribable yeah. um, amount of sensitivity yeah, or his and just... compassion. And it's like, well, why isn't that there for <laughs> for other films? Like it... Sam Elliott, when he appears in, yeah. in Ghost Rider. Yeah. Why, you know, he's he's got it. He's got the talent. Why hasn't Nick Cage, why doesn't he just turn that on? No, I don't know. I no, it, it's, yeah, it's extraordinary. It's just... Every so often he is Cameron Poe. He's a great, lovable yeah. kind of character, even when he's not given much to do. He just brings yeah. the material to life. I mean, let's rule out his good movies for now. Times when he was hired to do a good job and just focus on his trash. Yeah. Sometimes he elevates trash to being thoroughly entertaining, and sometimes mm-hmm. he's the worst part of it. Drive angry. Drive angry. He was great in Drive angry. Wonderful. It was really fun. But, yeah. you know, sometimes it's Season of the Witch. And it's just like, sure is. God Almighty, what's <laughs> happening? And who is this man? I think I don't want to. I don't want to go around blaming directors for poor Nicolas Cage performances. Sure, but the fact of the matter is, Nick, old Nicky, can can mm. deliver incomparable performances. Yes, he can deliver Oscar-worthy performances. Sure, with the right with the right director. Adapt for adaptation. He famously famously said. This is one of the only films where he listened to what the director told him. <laughs> and you can tell. Yeah. He kind of feels like a great, like a like a weapon of the gods that only certain <laughs> people can wield. Yes. And, and he, he's a force. And it's not a force for good or a force for evil. He's a force. And it's up to yeah. you how you how you control that and <laughs> where you direct it. Very much like Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should explain his involvement here. He's a big fan of Ghost Rider. Yes. And really, this character would have been really good... The way it was written, not really good. There's no way of making this good. It suits yeah. an actor 10, 20 years younger because they've yeah. written it as a young man. Yeah. They didn't know how to write Ben Affleck's Batman. They didn't know how to make an old Nicolas Cage aged Ghost Rider. How do you make that character? An aging Daredevil. That's an interesting mm. character. I'd be interested in seeing a movie about that. Mm. I feel like what he expected it to be is closer to what Neville Dean Taylor did. Yes. With Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, in which the character is a lot more out there, he's much bigger, and he's mm. more troubled, I guess. That's a frenetic film. It is a frenetic film, but he's a frenetic character. Yeah. What is, what's the appeal here? The character of Ghost Rider is, he's a stuntman, he's a daredevil, mm. he's a live life by the edge of your seat, hard drinking, hard smoking kind of guy, was yeah. how the comic books were. And then at night, he transforms into this incredibly, you know, fiery, Avenger. literally fiery Avenger, who punishes people by revisiting their sins upon them, like a yeah. righteous, holy Avenger. There's not much duality there. It's not like Bruce Wayne and Batman and then no. the third character, which is the hurt little kid inside. Mm. You know, he's... I don't, I'm not quite sure what... I mean, Nicolas Cage loved this, loves this guy. He's got a yeah. Ghost Rider tattoo. Yes. He, he picked a stage name after another Marvel character property. You know, he's he's big on Marvel. I just, I'd love to know what about the character appealed to him because it's not coming through in either of these films, really. Mm. 
So Wes Bentley, as you may know, is the um, Ricky Fitz from uh, American Beauty, a superb performance in a superb Ricky film. Ricky Fitz! Remember that line from American Beauty? <laughs> Love that line. Yeah. Apparently, in this period of his life, he was appearing in any film that would give him the funds to feed his coke addiction. Mm. Um, which shows... Yeah. The weird thing is, in this film, where he's meant to be the menacing son of the devil, he his character is still that sort of... Uh, there's a scene where he has to smile maniacally. This film has the exact same ending as Blade, in which he sucks yeah. a whole bunch of um, demons into his body and then becomes powerful and is then killed quite simply mm. um, and anticlimactically. Same as Blade. <laughs> Interestingly, this film was originally meant to be directed by Stephen Norrington, who directed Blade. Arguably would have been a better film because I really like the direction of Blade. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's meant to, uh, So uh, Wes Bentley needs to smile maniacally. Because he's got all these souls going in him, and he's, you know, very much like Stephen Dorff did. I think there's even the same shot, like, overhead, with the spirits flying into his stomach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And whereas Stephen Dorff's smile was, you know, maniacal, because he's been such a sort of extraordinary character throughout the whole film, this kind of vicious 20-something. Yeah. Um, here, I feel like maybe it was meant to be the same thing, but when he smiles, he's like a little kid. Yeah. And when he speaks. <laughs> and when he speaks, he's like a little kid. And when and he the moves. Dialogue's terrible. Yeah. The Ghost Rider. <laughs> The power of hellfire wasted on a pathetic human? If you had trusted me, if you had given me what was rightfully mine! <laughs> um, and, just, and just him, him sort of, f- f- like, fnaring his way through um, <laughs> through all of his evil scenes with his motley crew of, what are you? What are any of you? There, there are certain scenes in comic book films where I'm, I'm sucked out and yeah. I'm just suddenly aware that, oh, I'm watching men yeah. dressed up as superheroes running. Yeah. I had the same thing in... Um, Civil War. Civil War, when, yeah. yeah, the two sides of Avengers are running at each other. Um, I had a, a similar thing in Doctor Strange. Right. And he's like, you're just Mads Mikkelsen in makeup. Um, yeah. And I didn't believe the design, but this was just all of those on all top of each other. You never lost your just, sense of whoa. disbelief. Partly because, very much like Ryan Reynolds as the Green Lantern. Yeah. He's just, he, he's not real. Yeah. You never get a sense that Ghost Rider's real. He looks like a clip art that's had yeah. flame effects put on him. Like, it's a very comically perfect skull. Yes. It's just not right. You know, no. compare that to Neville Dean Taylor's Ghost Rider, where the skull's kind of black, and it's Charged. got some uneven things, yeah. and it's got that flame coming off it, which, you know, moves across the skull like, you know, just mm. um, flame on a pan or something. Yeah. It's just, it looks good. Like, yeah. in... <laughs> you know what they do in Neville Dean Taylor's version, in Spirit of Vengeance? You can still tell it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. When he's just standing there, like, gently swaying with the flames moving over his skull, he can be like, yeah. that's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, when, in this, he's just, he's not Nicolas, he's, he's just in, a thing. He's a fucking cartoon character. In, in this, he's, he's like an animated character characters. from the old Games Master TV show. Yeah. From the 90s. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, alongside that, you've got Wes, Wes Bentley, who, yeah. he is, he is the most bizarre and least threatening, all powerful being yeah. in, 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 in cin- history. cinematic history. It's just dogma. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> you, then, and then you've got Sam Elliott, who, when he turns into when he turns into a ghost rider and he gets on his flaming horse yeah. and he looks ultra fucking cool yeah. he then just leaves the, leaves <laughs> i could go no further yeah. you he- just rode to the place we didn't fight anyone yeah. you burnt a gecko <laughs> i only had one ride left into me left in me and i was saving it for this <laughs> saving it for what <laughs> ultimately this was just it was the back end of a bad time for comic mm. book movies. Um, in the late 90s, there was a bit of momentum growing around dark, gritty superhero movies. You'd mm. had Blade, uh, which for all its kind of light moments was still a pretty dark film. Yep. Um, 
you'd had uh, X-Men in 2000, which I still don't think gets enough credit for its influence. I think it was just overshadowed by X2. Yes, it was. But even X2 was overshadowed because the year before that, Spider-Man had come out. And Spider-Man made all of the money. Sam I just Ray rolled my Spider-Man. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they could hear it. <laughs> um, like, And that made all the money, and it, it set the path for Naughty's, um comic books to try and walk this line between dark and gritty visuals mm. with a light Spider-Man-esque tone. That was the goal. And Daredevil, Fantastic Four... Yeah. Bad movies. Bad Did movies. Spider-Man have a dark No, aesthetic? that's the thing of things. There was this need to use the aesthetic, but they didn't understand that heft, narrative heft, needed to accompany it. You couldn't do your light, you mm. know, cartoon Saturday morning show superhero movies with this aesthetic. You needed to back it up. Yeah, you, you can't... You with can't, stakes. You, like, any movie with the Green Goblin in, it's just, it's a Doctor Doom issue. Yeah. And you can call him Victor, you know, you can have Victor Von Doom, the computer hacker, <laughs> um, and it doesn't work. It's just like if, 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 if all the scenes in Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy were were in, interspersed with... <laughs> well, try and imagine Christopher Nolan filming the Avengers. Like, all very flat shots, realistic world but with the same dialogue and lightness. It wouldn't work. No. And that's, I feel, the disconnect which is happening here. They're trying to have Spider-Man's tone shoved into X-Men's world, Mm. and it's just wrong. (laughs) And so that was the state of movies in 2007. 2008, The Dark Knight came out, Iron Man came out, and Iron Man actually found a way of making lightness work Mm. in a modern, gritty context. Did it have a Nickelback song on the soundtrack though Same don't rule that out save us don't rule that out it might have I'm not gonna stand here and wait where's the harmony pool come on i don't i don't know what you're doing oh. ultimately i think this came just at the wrong point in history it was the the last one of the last films of a really bad run mm. consequently it's interesting in and of itself for that reason to remember before we complain about movies like batman versus superman there are some things that we wouldn't want to go back to. <laughs> um, yeah, a few tropes. <laughs> and there's some things to like about the lighter tone. There's yeah. something a bit charming about it. It's like going back yeah. to a cartoon you used to love when you were a kid and mm. find that, you know, the rubbish dialogue is kind of charming. Yeah, I think if if you're going to go the rubbish dialogue route, then it needs to have more self-awareness yes. than it did. And I feel like Nicolas Cage was aware, hence yeah. raised eyebrows. Yeah. I don't feel like anyone else was aware. No. No, I don't think so, actually. Mm. I, f- I feel like if, if Wes Bentley was more aware, he'd have given a more believable performance, but he was probably off his tits. Yes. So, Ava Mendes whoops. gave a sincere performance as a likable girlfriend character. Yeah, um, and she has some really charming scenes on her own. She did. I thought um, when when she was stood up and she was her interactions with the waiter. I thought were really very funny. It yeah, reminded really me funny. of Amy Adams in the Muppet movie. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry you didn't have a better part in this, Eva Mendes. I'm sorry about that. You were an actress in the noughties, Eva Mendes. <laughs> sorry about that. I do like you know we are we are called one good thing, and I do like discussing the, yeah. the positives in, in in films. But I feel like one 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 like this, we can be charitable. Yeah, but really. It's like it's like, it's like you said, here. yeah. It's a, it's the little things. It's the little things that count. So yeah. let's let's quick fire. I thought Me- Mephistopheles's entrance, um, his initial entrance when he when all the, he's walking into the fairground and yeah. all the bulbs are shattering as he's walking past. It's pretty spectacular. It was it was cool. It was a nice it was a nice <laughs> it was a nice little thing, a nice little affectation yeah, for the, sure. the film to give it, and they followed that up with 
you know the the path of destruction that the ghost the ghost rider um wrought whenever wherever he yes drove. wherever he went there were a couple of nice shots there like i liked when he was riding up the uh skyscraper yeah kind of melted some of the glass yeah. behind where his tra- tire tracks were like yeah. just where the tires were so there's like a narrow gap in the glass mm-hmm. now with slight burning at the sides yeah that was pretty cool and um uh oh i wanted to like it when Ghost Rider kind of got out of jail by just moving his hand through the bars because his yeah. hand was so hot it just melted the steel. Um, yeah. But the CGI was pretty bad on that effect. Old Nick Cage's jelly bean habit. Yes. Um, there are a couple <laughs> of really great shots in that where there's the, the, the first the first one is they're in the tour bus and his his friend um, poor Mac who dies. Yeah. Um, unceremoniously <laughs> um he says why don't you just have a beer and relax like the rest of us and he says beer gives me nightmares and then he um sips a, from a, a glass co- of jelly beans a cocktail glass yeah. sort of yeah full yeah. of jelly beans and then later on we get to see him enjoying his glass of jelly beans whilst um listening to the music of the carpenters yeah and watching monkeys doing karate on television yes and as his um as his friend is lecturing him on the dangerousness of what he's you know his his stunts yeah um in just a very little very short shot you see him swirl his glass of jelly beans before taking a sip <laughs> and uh yeah that was a cool that was a cool little thing i did enjoy that um there was really nice framing on an early scene where um young nick cage and young dad were sat side by side and i mm. thought they were lying in bed together for a minute until it sort of came up and showed that they were actually both working on their bikes yeah but lying side by side and the cigarettes were positioned between them mm. the cigarettes that would end up giving the dad cancer I like that, both yeah. thematically and um, just uh, aesthetically. It was quite cool. Yeah. Um, when Eva Mendez has been stood up in the restaurant, um, before she's properly accepted that, she pulls a magic eight ball from nowhere, shakes <laughs> it, looks at the answer, and then puts it away, and we never get to know what that answer was. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just like the fact that she, she, she did that. Who, who brings an eight ball to a restaurant? Yeah. What kind of character... Does that make Eva Mendez that she carries that around, and then for that to be such an insignificant plot point that they included it in the film but didn't show us <laughs> what she was, what she'd found out from it? Maybe there's a cut of this movie where she's actually revealed to be quite a quirky character, mm. and um, thereby, by inference, a character. But they mm. cut all of that bit. See what you're saying? It. Yeah, they cut all of that bit. Yeah, that'd be the, the 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 raw cut that will come out in about 15 years' time when uh, <laughs> Nicolas Cage finally just dies when he ascends <laughs> this yeah. cage will never die as alluded to earlier rebel wilson's in the movie mm. and she made you laugh in spite of the fact you'd never heard of rebel wilson before yeah. you will have seen her in pitch perfect um if i she when i you... finally watched pitch perfect oh fuck um she made you laugh which bodes well yeah your enjoyment of pitch perfect which is yeah film i, like I quite um... a bit. yeah i believe it or not i am uh, i don't need to know who a person is to find them funny <laughs> who are they you're not even a person you're not even someone when when he kills the 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 pg-13 mugger, mugger rapist and we saw the bad things the guy has done i kind of like the way that was conveyed right. um it wasn't they didn't tell us that was what was happening right it just suggests it through like admittedly a fairly on the nose scene of yeah. just rushing through flames whilst <laughs> people's faces just contort and scream and, yeah. and whinny and that all of but, his victims yeah, yeah but i thought that was the fact that it didn't tell us 
Yeah, that was, was neat. Was was nice. There's no li- line like "Look upon your sins" yeah. or anything. Although that keep is... looking, <laughs> keep looking. He just says, "Look into my eyes," and then yeah. it all happens. Yeah. Although that exact same thing did make us both laugh later on when it happened to Wes Bentley because you said Wes Bentley's face in the fire, just like ah. yeah. That I mean, that was ridiculous. That was <laughs> real. I mean, that was spoof fodder for years to come. Yeah. Was just, oh no, uh, it's evil. I can't. Ah! And um, <laughs> so just just those weird like static camera shots that just make you wary that it's just a guy in a room being filmed, and uh, somebody seconds before said action. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, there was a moment when Sam Elliott um, when he first when uh, old Nick Cage first meets um, present Sam Elliott, and Sam Elliott says, um, "Last night did happen." Yeah. And it will happen again. And I feel like that he could come up to me at any point in my life and say that to me and I just believe him. I didn't he wouldn't even have to know what would happen the night before. That'd be really sad though. It's like I, I ate toast in my underwear and watched Gilmore Girls. It's gonna happen again. I know. You're right. You're always right, Sam Elliott. God damn it. Um, um I really liked actually the scene where um young Nicolas Cage's young dad mm. told him to go after Eva Mendez and like just get out of here and like yeah. and he gave him his bike. That was a really sweet scene between them and he was quite a loving young dad. Yeah, you're right. Uh you're dissing me off. Yeah. Um there's one uh ghost rider Nick Cage not having any lips, being a flaming skull. He says, "You're dissing me off." It's a good detail and it was one that I wasn't expecting to 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 see in there and I wonder who came up with that joke and was it the sole reason for making this film <laughs> what if he's got no lips um, <laughs> now guys stick with um, me please enjoy some of the Nicolas Cage uh, quotes you heard earlier said as if without lips Ah, couldn't you hear the gunny gack in the gucks? <laughs> Take cover, child! On a cracker case. Ah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, hucking. Oh. Oh, God, this is excellent. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Would you make me do this? <laughs> Every week I'm here. I gotta show you that God does exist. <laughs> Okay, that was dumb. <laughs> there is one more moment. Uh, blink and you miss it. He's getting ready for the final ride um, to destiny. Uh-huh. He, s- he sits himself down on the bike, and the second his bum touches the seat, his like his head fire flicks on. <laughs> so, um, kudos. Well done there, sir. Well done. Yeah. Let's eat that, sir. Flaps. <laughs> So I think the last good thing I would mention is the scene, the only scene of this movie I would remember from being a kid mm. watching this, um, which was the scene in which Nicolas Cage um, is has his head on fire, he's behind an awesomely designed bike, and he's riding next to a fucking western flaming guy mm. whilst a pounding version of an old western track plays on the soundtrack. And I remembered that and I thought, oh, is this going to be really dumb <laughs> in the context of the film? And it is, but it's also quite cool. Yeah. So I think that image of just... I think in many ways that image is important because it's the promise of the film. Hmm. It's the promise that this is a film. It's a Western... It's an updated Western superhero movie with horror elements. Yeah. That's what this shot 
promises, and we don't get it. No. And I think that is the one good thing about the film, because it is quite exciting. You'll have an emotional connection to it. Empty promises. (laughs) But promises nonetheless. (laughs) Like telling a kid he's going to get the toy he always wanted. He'll enjoy that. (laughs) For minutes at least. (laughs) He'll be happy. Before his excitement... The Nicolas Cage doll falls into his arms. Excitement mutates to impatience and then finally acceptance. (laughs) That describes me watching this movie. And Mr. Flaps. Uh, May rest in peace. Oh, God. Yeah. When? Thank you for listening to One Good Thing. Uh, as ever, same deal. We haven't changed. We're still available on Twitter and Facebook at OGT Pod. Um, we've had some really nice comments in the last couple of weeks mm. from people who've been, uh, who've been digging the totally sick and rambunctious podcast. Uh, it's gnarly. Just some of the things. Yeah. Um, um, we, uh, we also have, we also have, blah, blah, blah. We also have, uh, an email address, yeah. which, uh, some of the less cool kids could be, could be using. <laughs> your for, grandma can yeah. use to get in touch with us. Even your stupid grand could get in touch with us <laughs> via our uh, Gmail address, which is ogtpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, we will, in, in a few weeks time, we'll start taking recommendations for, um, for the next few recommendations episodes. Yes, this concludes um, Recommendations Month. Um, mm. Thank you very much, everyone who submitted, um, and thank you for the people whose uh, recommendations we took. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we can't wait for the next one because it's always fun to sort of take the movies that people have. People only shovel us stuff that they think is just irredeemable. Yeah. And so it's always fun to just actually watch it and be like, oh... Maybe not. Maybe no. you should have another look. Have you thought maybe there's this? Oh, don't hurt me. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, then uh, the next episode. Right. Um, well, next episode is going to be something a little bit special because we are going to review 2016. The year. The year. So be sure to tune in for that. Do you, yeah. do you have to tune to our podcast? Um, I think so. It's yeah. uh, 98 point Y. That's it. That because I remember the jingle. Yeah. Ninety-eight point Y. One good thing. Because I gotta. It comes in at the end there. If you wanna, if you wanna leave us a review uh, or like, like or subscribe on uh, iTunes, that really helps us. And the the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Yeah. Don't don't say too much about it because you know what your friends are like. They don't like you recommending stuff to them all that often because they know you're a little bit pretentious. Yeah, but they weird. know you you watch a lot of foreign films. A bit kooky. Yeah, but just 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 sort of leave a a beer mat with our names on it. Just slide <laughs> it across their coffee table and yeah. they'll see it and then they'll be like, oh, I wonder what this may may be. They'll find us on Twitter. <laughs> What's he keeping from me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. don't tell your friends about one good thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Keep it a secret. <laughs> And then that will develop a sense of of prestige. Of course, yes. Uh, we mystique. need mystique and a little bit of uh, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> a little bit of uh, ich weiß nicht was. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you could do that, that would be that would be great, and um, I'd be happy to call you my friend. <laughs> Don't tell me though. Don't just make friends with me and then be like, "Oh, have you heard about a really good podcast?" Because I'll <laughs> fucking kill you. <laughs> he, he will. He will fucking kill you. Thank you for listening to One Good Thing. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about Ghost Rider 2007 is... That's right.